Uh, as Mercy said, happy Father's Day to all you dads in here. We're thankful, dads, grandpas, people who have stood in place for, for um, dads. Sometimes you're a dad to kids that, you know, you didn't help make. And, you know, we need those dads. So, um, so we just want to, if you're a dad, just stand up. We just want to honor you for a second. If you're a dad, and come on, dads. See, moms are all like dads. You try to get, thank you, guys. We thank you. That means all you kids, you guys got you guys got to do what your dads want. Take them out to eat, um, clean the house. Usually those are things. What do dads want? To be left. Yeah, there we go. To be left alone. Pie. What? What do you dads want? I'm I'm helping you out because I'm gonna like hold your kids to it. Come on. What do you, to be left alone to not have to work? Uh, that's my husband. So, my husband. Um, this might tell me that he's getting older, because uh, he goes. He goes, you know what I want for Father's Day? I want to go to Ruby Tuesdays. They have a real nice salad bar. <laughs> so we're going to Ruby Tuesdays. I mean, I, I like it too. I mean, I'm glad he chose that, but I would think, you know, you're always thinking like these big steaks and stuff, and he's like, they have just a nice salad. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm happy because I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go there. Um, but after service, sorry, fatherhood revoked. Uh, we're going to Ruby Tuesdays. No, I'm just joking. No, we gotta, um, it's good. Do something that your dads want you to do today. Just show them that you love and appreciate them. After service, Lana will be at the, the back doors. We have a gift for you dads as you leave today. Um, we just want to bless you and say thank you for doing all that you do. Okay. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for another good day. We thank you for this beautiful weather, and we thank you that we just can come and hear uh, your word, and and we can read your word, and it can become alive in us, Lord, and it will just bring kingdom into our lives that we can can grow and we can expand, um, and we can just do the work um, that you set before us to do. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I am doing a series on Colossians, and uh, we talked about, a couple weeks ago, I talked about being a bodybuilder. That means that it is our job. Paul was writing to them saying, hey, now you're saved, you've met Christ, your job is to build each other up in the church, to take care of each other. You're not a one-man show. Nobody's more important than anybody else. Our job is to encourage and build each other up so that we can continue in the race that we're set before us to run. So that's what we were talking about. So then it's like, okay, we go on further. Today I'm going to talk about being, being the new you. So we, we got saved, and he's like, okay, you're taking off the old man, you're putting on the new. Well, when we first meet Jesus, we don't know what that new man, what he likes, what, what he's supposed to do, what actions. You know, we, we're learning those things of, okay, how, do I, how does this new person work? in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that, how this works um, with you have this body. And every, get, the great thing is, is we're all in it together. We got the unity of the body and we're all new. So it's not like someone's like, oh, I've, I've known this forever. You know what Christ said? Nope. Everybody goes through this. Everyone gets born again that accepts Jesus and they got to be, learn how to walk in that new man. So we're going to talk about the old man being gone, new man being um your true identity. Does that sound good? Yeah, we want good things. So 
we need to know who the new us is. If someone was to ask you, oh, what does it mean to be a believer? And you're like, I don't know, I go to church and I open the Bible. Oh. So like someone might, you know, they might be doing all sorts of bad things, terrible things, and they're like, well, I showed up to church and I opened my Bible once, so we're good. So, so we need to know, right? And, and that's what we need to present to the world. We need to know who the new us is, and we need to be able to present that to the world. Not dragging that corpse around, putting it in front of us, and, and showing that to the world. Sometimes we do that, right? You get caught in a traffic jam, sometimes that old corpse just wants to come right out. You know, wants to give them some friendly waves, some sign language, right? Mm-mm. I feel like I'm really close to you guys. Do you feel close? Well, I might spit, and you're in the front row, so. Would you like some? <laughs> That's why people don't sit in the front, right? No. Um, so when we receive Christ, we entered into that new life. Because something we need to realize is salvation is received. It's not achieved. We don't achieve it. There's not things we have to do to get there. It is a gift that we receive. Um, and we didn't create, you know, who God made us to be. He created us, and then he is just giving us the wisdom and knowledge to learn how to walk in that. Does that make sense? So we need to know who this new person is in Christ and what all it entails. So because we have to live, um, we have to live and work from our salvation and not for it. I think that's the biggest thing is we have to live from it. Christ already did all that work. It's all in there and um, not for it. We're not doing things to make sure we have a place in heaven. You know, um, we already have a place in Christ. So who we live in determines how we live. So if we live like the enemy, if we live in him and we take on his kingdom, that's what's going to come out. Determines how we live our life. Uh, I live in Christ. I don't know about you guys. I think you all do too. And I don't want to squander that great and precious gift he gave us. I don't. I want to say, okay, if I have a job in this, you tell me what it is. You know, I need to know what it is so I can recognize it. If you don't... If you're a little kid and you don't know stealing's wrong and you take something because you see, I mean, when you're real little, you see your parents putting stuff in the cart. Why can't I just take that and do that? Because you don't know yet. But once you know it, it changes. It changes. So we're going to go right into Colossians 3. So if you want to follow around, I'm going to be jumping around in Colossians 3 a little bit. And so here we go. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually. So you need to make it a habit, it's saying, on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on this earth, which have only have temporal value. For you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When when Christ, who is our life, did you guys get that? Christ is our life. 
Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passions, evil desires, and greed, which is a kind of adultery because it replaces your devotion to God. So I'm going to skip down to verse 8. But now rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off that old self and its evil practices and have put on the new spiritual self who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all, so believers are equal in Christ without distinction. Paul's a... (laughs) I don't think he was saying this all like, oh, you guys, just take off that old man. I know what's hard. No, he was like, hey, we're not going to live like this anymore. So there's some things in that scripture that, that he was talking about. The first thing he said, seek. You're supposed to seek the new you out. You're not just supposed to be like, oh, I'm saved. Just let it fall on me. I'll just start doing all the good things, thinking all the good thoughts. Our spirit immediately is saved and spends eternity in heaven. Our soul does not want to do that. It wants to keep doing things that are give instant gratification. Our mind, our will, emotions, now it's, we're taking that and we are submitting that to our spirit. So that takes some time sometimes, right? So he's saying you've got to seek out that new you. Don't just sit there and think, oh, when is God going to bless me? He has already blessed you. Are you breathing? Are you alive? You know what? Did he already go to the cross? Yes, he did. So you are blessed. No matter, Even if everything goes wrong in your life, you are already blessed because you have an attorney in heaven. So you need to seek out, keep looking for the things above which, where Christ is. Guess what? Well, I don't have enough to buy this new car, but I have enough money to buy food to eat. Thank you. I look at, so I have a lot of big things coming up in my life, um, graduations and weddings and all this stuff. And I said, I thought having girls was going to be great, but you know how expensive they are? And so I went to the Lord, and I thought, you know what? I don't have enough to do this. And I thought, you know, I'm going to ask the Lord. I'm going to ask him to provide. I said, God, you know what? I have these things, and I want to be able to take care of my family and do these extra things. You know, Matt, already he goes to work every day. He pays our bills, makes sure we have a roof over our head. I'm the frills. Okay? So the Lord's like, oh, yeah, bless you. You know what he did? Gave me job after job after job. And said, here. He didn't just, I didn't sit there and money came raining down from heaven. That's right. I mean, sometimes, I have had, I've had money show up in the mail, people bless me. But, you know, most of the time it comes through, Lord's like, you know what? You have not because you asked not. You asked for provision. I gotcha. It looks like, you know, eight hours cleaning other people's toilets. That's what it looks like right now. Guys, I do love to clean, too. So, like, that's not, like, you might be thinking, oh, my gosh. But, um, for me, so... I look and I thought, I have to look at the things above and say, it's not what I don't have. What, has, what does God say? He said that he would provide, and he did. So, so we have to keep seeking God's way. He says, you don't 
you don't work, you don't eat. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. So I was like, okay, what does God say about my situation? So I have to keep seeking about what he says. You need to seek out and say, Lord, what did you say? And God said, I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory, riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, so I got to know what your word says about it. It doesn't say lay there and pout and cry until, you know, someone takes care of you. It says go out, work hard, you know, be a blessing, be generous, do all of these things. So I had to seek that out. So we need to seek what does God's word say about who we are, what he wants for us. Next thing is it talked about in there, we need to set, we have to set our minds and keep our focus on heavenly things more than earthly things. We have to choose. When we wake up, I love, it's, um, the old song says, uh, when I wake up, how does it go? Give me Jesus. Yeah, yeah. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. You know, and I thought about that. It's like, when I wake up, and, you know, I wake up to, um, I don't have little kids, but for some reason I just, I do this to myself because all of a sudden I'm turning into a cat lady. And they all decide that they need to get up early in the morning. You know, someone has let them in. They usually come in when you let the dogs out. So there's all this thing. And... And my focus, they want my focus to be on them. And they wake up. I have one cat. I mean, good thing he's beautiful and I love him, but I don't know why. But he takes my door frame, and if I don't get up in time, he looks at me, takes his nail, and just goes, until I get up. And he knows I have pillows, so I'll throw them at him, and then he just goes like this, and then he goes, I mean, he's evil. I don't know. He's not. I'm just joking. So, but I have to set my mind and not be like, oh, these cats, and they're waking me up, and i got to do this in the morning, it's going to be busy, and i got to get to work, and I just can't. I have to set my mind and say, okay, God, what do you want for me today? I love going places, talking to people, and, you know, when I set my mind on what God's going to do that day, I go to work, I go to the grocery store, and all of a sudden, God shows up. And here's, I'm able to meet a need. You know, someone's able to meet my need. And all of a sudden, it seems like, what's going on? See, that's what we have to do. Instead of worrying about this happened and I'm tired and and this, we need to start setting our minds and saying, God, what are you going to do today? When I go to the grocery store, what are you going to do today? When I walk into my place of employment and the enemy is surrounding me, you are going to part it like the Red Sea and I'm going to walk through with authority because I walk with you. See, that's what happens when we set our minds on the things of Christ. The next thing we saw in there, it says, put to death. I mean, it was pretty, it was like, don't just bury it. You make sure it's put to death the old way of life. Don't keep it around for a rainy day. Don't keep it around thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know about this church thing. I don't know about this God thing. What if, you know, what if he doesn't come through for me? No, no, no. It's saying put to death, put to death that old way of life, that old way of thinking, you know, and if we're going to put something to death, we, and we're going to, we're going to pick up something living, we should know what that looks like, right? Living things grow, living things mature, they produce, dead things rot and stink and cause heartache and grief. We know that, don't we, Lana? today poor Lana she she has the biggest heart and she's learning to drive 
I mean, if there's a bug, she's like, no, just let it out the window. And a bunny run right out there. And she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, it causes grief, right? That's, why, that's how we know it's living or, st- you know what I mean? God says, living things grow mature and produce. Dead things rot, stink, cause heartache and grief. So when we're looking at, okay, how do I know if my spirit is the living spirit or if I'm trying to drag around that dead old man? Well, guess what? God gave us some answers right in his word. So I think a good guide to know, am I living in Christ, would be looking at the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, those things are all good things. They are all growing. They take maturity to, to walk in. So we know that if, if we're starting to walk in those, that, you know, we must be alive. <laughs> because that's what the Spirit is, and the Spirit is living. So when we look at things that we're doing, saying, thinking, we need to think, does this action, does this thought, does this choice produce those things? Does it, is it producing goodness in my life? Is it promoting self-control? That one's hard sometimes, right? Ask yourself, is this producing joy? Or is this producing sorrow? I'm not saying you're not going to have sadness. There's sometimes we have grief. But do you know that we can even have joy in the midst of our grief? That's why it's not called happiness. He doesn't say fruit of the Spirit is happiness anywhere in the Bible. He always says it's joy. Things like lying or stealing or cheating, we know those are the old man because they don't produce any fruit. And the spirit is alive. You know, so it has to produce something. Living things grow. Living things grow. So that's we need to, if we're like, what should I do? How do I, how do I, what do I need to put away? Okay, well, put away things that are contrary to what, how the spirit responds. So, and the next thing we're going to go into is rid. He said, rid yourself of sinful habits. Sometimes there's things that, you know, we create habits. People think, when we say habits, sometimes we always think it's like, oh, bad habit. But there's good habits, too. There's good habits, too. But if we've created these bad habits and these, these created, use these habits to create atmospheres, and then we're mad because these things are happening, or why is it like this? You know, we have to rid ourselves of those sinful habits and atmospheres. Um, sometimes to do that, we have to change locations. We have to change places, and sometimes we have to change people. There are people that are related to me that I love them. I have a conversation, but they do not come in my inner circle. They are not going to bring evilness, or they're not going to bring, you know, depression. They're not going to bring that in there, and I'm not going to allow them to call my old man out, Right? Guess what? Sometimes locations. Sometimes you're making a ton of money at a job and God's like, that is going to be nothing but destruction for you. Move on. You know, so we have to say, okay, Lord, to get rid of these habits. Guess what? If you were an alcoholic and you worked in a bar and you got saved and you said, I'm not going to drink anymore because all that's done, it's used my money, my time, my resources. It destroyed my family. Do you think that God's going to say you should continue working there? Come on. Amen, brother. That's right. That's right. We got to say, I got to change my habits. I'm going to go to Ruby Tuesdays instead. <laughs> they got a great salad bar. Healthy living. Um, <laughs> if you've seen some of those salads, it ain't healthy. It's like pudding fluff with whipped cream 
And then they're like, yeah, bacon. I was like, can I have more of that bacon salad, please? <laughs> I mean, there might be a piece of lettuce in there. It's called find the lettuce in the ranch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we got to rid ourselves of that. Sometimes we have to change our scenery until we can change that habits. Sometimes we have to change the scenery. I know growing up, me and Matt, when we were first married, we had friends that were not great. And they were doing things that were like, oh, I don't know if I want to live like that. And then God did the greatest thing. We had Layla. We got married, we had Layla. And then it's like, I don't want to live that way. I got my daughter right here. We got to take care of her. And so we had to change our friendships. Because you know what? They were going down paths that I didn't want to go down. I did not want to take our child down. And we had to change that. We didn't have to go up to them and be like, you are terrible and I hate you and I can't hang out anymore. That is also definitely the, de- the old man, isn't it? But you might just be changing your locations. Oh, yeah, you know, I got this baby. I just can't, you know, go out and, and, and go to the bar. I can't do wherever that maybe needs to change for you. But sometimes we do have to change those things will help us change those habits. Um, Christ created us. Uh, for us to be um, to be effective in a certain place with certain people in certain timing. You were born in this generation for a reason, you know. So if you're looking at that, that means that there are people who will, that are meant to benefit you and you benefit them. And then there's other people, they're meant to be in this area and, and benefit and bless. Not every person is for every. It's just not the way it is. You even see in the Bible, you know, Paul's like, give me this person, you take this one, because you know what? The giftings and callings they have on their life are going to help this area, and the gifting and calling this person had are going to help this area. Okay? So sometimes you just have to change that, that scenery, because bottom line is not every person is healthy. Shocker, huh? Shocker. Not every person is healthy, and not everybody wants you to succeed. You know, you ever hear misery loves company? You ever hear people, I mean, you tell somebody something good and they're like, well, what about this? Well, this could happen. And you're like, I had someone do that. I mean, I kept my cool and I'm not going to say, but I had someone, I was like, you know what? My daughter, she's 15. She's, she's graduating early. She's done the hard work. She is the wisdom of the Lord. She's graduating. She's doing college. And they said, well, that's not always a good thing. I was like, how long you want to live? <laughs> I thought, really? Like, what's bad in that? Like, she's healthy socially, emotionally, like, you know, spiritually. Come on. But thing is, do you see how, like, if you keep those people and they get to have your ear? So sometimes God's like, they want to live in the graveyard. Let them go. You're living with Christ. You're alive in him. You know, not every place is the best place to work or, or interact in. Um, you know, maybe if the pay is excellent, but if it's going to lead your soul to death, you can live on less if it's going to destroy your life. You know, something me and Matt did. There's times we went without things. I said, we're not working Sundays. We need the body, and the body needs us. And we're not doing it. I said, we will eat eggs and ramen, and we ate 
Eggs and ramen sometimes. I have like a real love of eggs and I thought, why do I have this like, like I think about eggs. This is weird. And I thought, why is that? And then I was talking to my daughter and we, I know this is weird, but see, when you have went through severe times without lack, I realize eggs is what I lived on. It was Jesus and eggs at times. <laughs> Luckily, my neighbors, they keep me in eggs. And I'm so thankful for that. Like, I think about that, and that just, it brings joy. It actually makes me alive when I see a carton of eggs. So I thought, you know, when everything was bad, God, you blessed and brought that into my life. Now, don't all be just one pack of eggs. I feel like John's going to be like, you want eggs? <laughs> but, you know, do you see how, like, getting rid of these old habits, and, and it's like we had to make that choice and say, hey, do you want to work here, and you have to work Sundays, and you have to work seven days a week, and you're going to be making this, or do you want to be healthy in here? And we chose that. We said, everything else, let it go away, because we need the body, and the body needs us. Because we knew it doesn't, wasn't, we, everyone's like, well, you could read your Bible. You could do it online. I said, yes, but God said don't forsake the assembly, so I'm going to listen to him. God's a little bit smarter than me. Right? And if he said, you need the body because you got some things going on and you need some support, I'm going to say, okay, whatever you say, Lord. I think it's worked out pretty good for us. What do you think? I mean, I'm happy. We got a good life. Amazing kids. They attract amazing other people into their lives. So we have, like, this great, uh, this great atmosphere, and I love it, all because we just chose to get rid of the things that, that weren't growing, that weren't alive, and we put the things that God wanted in our life. We're not any better. It's not that we are higher or anything like that. All we did is do what God asked us to do. That's the only difference. So get rid of those things. So I'm going to give you an example. So talking about, so sometimes we have to change things, get rid of things. My dad, growing up, my dad was a terrible alcoholic. Like, you know, he could go through hundreds of dollars. You know, abuse was in our home, all of this stuff. When I was eight years old, my dad's like, he lost his job. And he's like, this is destroying our life. Our family, our finances, everything. My dad went to rehab. And he was gone for months. And when he came back, he realized I had to change everything. He wouldn't even eat at a restaurant if it had alcohol because he had to get rid of that completely because he had been so far in there. You know, he would not, we had to, we didn't see family that we used to see because they need, they like to drink when they got together. And so we couldn't go over there. I was like, why don't we see these people anymore? He's like, I just can't. You know, there was no alcohol on our property even, like you couldn't bring and just have it in your car or something from the grocery store. Absolutely, for years and years. So this probably went on for 20 years. It's been 32 years. My dad has never went back. He's never, ever had a moment that he drank ever again. But you know, now that he's created new habits with that, he can go somewhere like an Applebee's. You know, um, we, he came over to our house for Thanksgiving and we had a bottle of wine. And you know, it didn't affect him because he had taken the time create new habits but see we have to get rid of those old things he had to get rid of you know all the things that were tempting him to go back to that old behavior so sometimes we just have to clean some things up in our lives praise god 32 years i'm i'm proud of him for that right because that's a hard thing to do when you've lived that way your whole life and generationally and your parents and and going on from there 
And I look and I thought, wow, you did that. You rid yourself and you were able to lay everything down. Your finances, your friends, your family, his job, everything. Everything changed. And that's what we need to do. We need to change the habits. And you can only change the habits if you're doing a different habit. You can't think, well, I'm just strong enough. Yes, your spirit is strong. Your body, your mind, will, and emotions, if you've been living in that habit, is not. So sometimes when we get saved, that that new man looks different and says, "I I can't do these things. I can't even be around these things until that old man is dead in the ground. So we need to get rid of these things that ensnare us, entice us to pick up and drag around that old man. There's things that's like, I want to do that. You know, I married a very mild-mannered man because I have a problem. I had a problem. My old man, I'm not going to accept that. I had an issue with anger because I got that from my family. (laughs) And I, I mean, terrible temper. So, you know, I quit hanging out with people who had terrible tempers. I thought, I'm just not going to be around there. And I'd be with somebody, and they would start screaming and yelling. I'd say, you know what, we'll try again. I, I'm not, we're leaving. Come on, kids, let's go. And I began to change who I was around. And if there was people that constantly had to scream and yell, guess what? They didn't get any of my time. Because I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I've got to get rid of it. I'm not going to let it ensnare me and then take it on to the next generation. That's how generational things happen. Do you guys understand that? When we choose to pick them up and then place them on our kids or hand them to our children. But the good thing is, at any time we can say, cutting you off, old man. You're not coming with me here. You're not going to another generation. You know what? I'm saying right here, I'm standing, I'm proclaiming that from here on to the thousandth generation, this family will serve the Lord. Every single person in here, you have the authority to do that. Did you know that? We have the right to break curses. All right. And the last thing it said in there, it says, allow renewal. See, not just renewal, we have to allow it. You know, Christ isn't come in and you don't get like this, like, you know, you're not like the bionic bionic man and all of a sudden you get saved and you get this like, you know, um, panel on your back and it's like you're a robot now and he tells you what to do what not to do and and it's like you know you have no will in that no we have to allow this renewal to happen this we need to allow who we are our true identity to start to manifest so just like we have to you know you have to renew your car tags your plates i mean if you don't send that money and they're not you know they're not like it doesn't force you to write that check out or go online right you know, but you might get some consequences if they get expired, right? So you have, to, you have to renew your car tags, subscriptions, but the same way we have to renew our mind. Okay, you've been getting into some muddy waters over here. You've been, you know, being stressed out. You've been feeling overwhelmed. Um, you've been making bad choices. We need, to, we need to go back, renew our mind continually in the wisdom and knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes our mind does get muddy, doesn't it? Things go on. You watch the news, your mind get muddy real quick. Because that's why it says you need to renew 
renew our minds continually. So not once. It's not one and done. Like, well, I got saved. Yes, that's one and done. You can't get saved again. Jesus already died. He's not going to die again for you. It's already done. That part, but it says your mind, your will, your emotions, it needs that reminder, that renewal. We need to continually be washing in that, thinking on what God says about us, to us, for us. Um, Instead of living our lives just trying to avoid bad things and choices, we need to be proactive and say, okay, I'm not just trying to avoid this. I'm going to create a habit of this. So instead of trying to avoid, um, let's say, instead of trying to avoid being, you know, um, angry and bitter, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be generous. I'm going to find ways to be kind. So it's like if, if, if I dealt with selfishness, then I'm going to say, what's the opposite of selfishness? Giving, generosity. I'm going to find ways to give because that's what the living man does. Dead man is selfish. Living man is generous. I used to have a problem. Let's say you ha- used to have a problem with lying. What's the opposite of lying? Telling the truth. You know who's the truth? Jesus. All truth comes from him. So you're going to preach the gospel. Instead of lying, you're going to preach the word of God. That's pretty good, isn't it? See, all you got to do is say, what are my bad habits? And God's like, I have an answer for that. That dead man is the bad habit. The living man is the good habit. Be proactive. Don't just be like, oh, I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie, Lord. Please help me not lie. Don't let me lie today. Oh, Lord, please help me. Why don't you just go and tell the truth? Let me tell you what Jesus did for me today. There's the truth. You know, how good is that? Be proactive. Surround yourself with Christ. So when, so when you look, he's there. You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, where, where are you, Lord? And he, you know, if we're surrounding ourselves with who he is, everywhere we look, he's going to be. Everywhere we look, he's going to be. You know, think on his word. Sometimes I just take one little piece, I'm like, wow. God, you're so good. You're so good. I have to think about it. What does his word really say? Put the garbage out of our life and mine. What did the worrying do for you? Probably stole your sleep, which then made you grumpy. Then you probably ended up being rude to anyone who came up to you, you know, tried to talk to you, right? So now it just didn't destroy your life. It took from others. You see what the old man does? That rotting stench stink likes to spread. That's why it's like, uh uh-uh, I'm going to think on what God says I'm supposed to think. I'm going to put that garbage out of my life, get rid of that negative atmosphere, negative cultures, you know, and allow allow God to begin to build a new atmosphere. So guess what? You might have to go into a place that's carrying a negative atmosphere. But guess what? You've created with that new man, and you carry your atmosphere. It's like a bubble. And they don't like it when your bubble bumps into them. But your bubble don't pop. Get your atmosphere so you can carry it instead of as soon as you get there. You know what? That old saying, I'm rubber and you're glue, whatever you say, bounces off me and sticks to you. We're rubber. We're rubber. And guess what? They're trying to throw stuff at us. They're trying to bring those atmosphere. And it bounces. And when, when it bounces, boom. But see, when they touch, when they touch that, they touch Jesus, 
Now it's glue. Now it's coming for him. It's sticking to him. Most people are annoyed when you start when they start being in your atmosphere because they 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 don't know that that negative life they've been living it doesn't want to let go. But Jesus is coming for them. He doesn't give up. So at first they're annoyed. Then then it's like, wow, my life is getting better being around you. I like this more. I have peace. And all of a sudden, here they are. They're in the kingdom. They're in, and it's good. It's kind of how it works. Kind of how it works. You take the culture that Jesus created in you, and you carry it everywhere you go. Carry those atmospheres so that it doesn't matter where you have to go. Sometimes we have to go into places that are not fun, that have a lot of negative stuff go on, Sometimes we can avoid it, sometimes we can't. So we need to make sure that we've created and we know what we're carrying. So following Jesus is a response to our salvation. We understand that following Jesus, doing all these things, it's a response to our salvation. It's not an obligation. It's not like, oh, I have to do this because he died on the cross for me. If we think like that, we're literally trying to carry that old man. We're like, oh, I don't want to live that way, but I can't help it. I, I have no will. <laughs> I'm so professional. I'm so sophisticated when I preach. No, because that's not how God made me. Because it's, not, it's not an obligation. It's love that drives us. It's when we receive Christ, we receive his love, and now that's what we have. So now it's like that's what drives us. Like our love for other people, our love for humanity, our love for each other. You know, our love that we love Christ so much that we want to build his kingdom with him. When we create atmospheres that are contrary to love, things like being impatient, unkind, selfish, prideful, all those things, etc., it digs up that old dead man and what we value is you know dragging around this old stinking corpse is that what we value how many people do you think run to spend a quality amount of time with you if you were carrying a dead corpse around <laughs> makes you think a little bit of how if you're like well people just don't like me well what are you dragging if every time it's like, hey, how's your day? You're like, oh, I just got to tell you, just everything is so terrible. And, and I don't know where God is, and he hates me. And, and, you know, oh, I couldn't do this. And it's just so terrible. And people be like, oh, my gosh, this smells. Something smells, and I think it's you. But, but you could say, how's your day going? You know, it's going pretty good. You know, I've had some things going on, but, you know, I know that God is faithful. He will bring me through this. And then they're like, man, my life's been, been sucking too, and now this person, they've, they've had a worse time than me, and they're telling me that it's good. i got to get in on this. Where do I sign up? And you're like, great, i got a subscription right here for you. Lifetime. You ever try to talk about Jesus while you're dragging that corpse? <laughs> Jesus is over here. He's got his nose plug and he's like, that's not me. That's not me. You ever see people that do that? I saw, this is, I'm going to give you an example of this. 
So people used to give tracks out, and if you guys, some of you are old enough, you know what a track is, and it just, it just gives you, it's like a little book that tells people, lead them to Jesus. Well, and that's fine. There's a lot of people who have come to the Lord because of those, and I'm thankful for who created those. They have saved a lot of people. But there's this one, they made it look like a $100 bill. So guess what? What do you want to pick up? Okay. And um, I heard about this from a waitress here in this town that somebody came in on a Sunday, told them, why are you working on a Sunday? Don't you know that's the Lord's Day? Then left a track, and they thought they were getting a $100 tip, and it had nothing but the track. There's a dead man trying to put the mask of Jesus on. Because you think that person, they're going to be like, anybody that says anything about Jesus, I want him far away from me if that's who he is. Now, if you wanted Jesus, you'd be like, thank you for working. You must be taking care of your family. And left a real $100 bill. What do you think that person, how do you think they feel? I'll tell you, on Sundays, I've heard from waitress after waitress, worst day to serve is because people come after church and they're cheap and stingy and complaining. And I thought, so man, I'm always like, you're getting more money than the bill. Because I want to tell you about Jesus. And you know, if I'm going to tell you about Jesus, I want you to see his generosity. When they see that, they'll see the table and be like, bring that one here. Get her over here. And then when they got their attention, I just tell them how good God is. I don't care if it costs me $100 to tell people about Jesus and they come to the kingdom. Worth it. Worth it, isn't it? That is worth it. Don't, and I'm not saying you have to buy people's love. I'm just saying if that opens a door for you, who cares? Those are just tools that we know to use because we're just being generous like our Father because that is what a, the living Christ looks like generosity that's just one area i don't even know why i got that but maybe because y'all might be going out to lunch after this for father's day so (laughs) tell them about jesus i like to write it on the receipt underneath the big tip and then i just tell them you know i'm praying for you god bless you god loves you you have a great day you know and then you just zip out of there what a blessing you can change someone's day just carry a pen with you I've met so many people that way, you know. Sometimes I just, I remember meeting somebody and I just saw a car in the parking lot and I said, hey, whose license plate is that? Ended up being the girl I got to talk with her, pray with her. She was a waitress. It was, I was just like, how good is that? Just take that time. Because that's, Jesus stopped for one, didn't he? So instead of carrying that old corpse, you know, and thinking about ourselves, and what we want and what's best for us, we got to stop for the one. we got to do those extra things. And they begin to come natural for us because that's our true identity. Right. Um, so we need to recognize who we are as that new man. We need to recognize it and say, this is how the new man acts. This is the dead man. If you need help with that, go to somebody and say, hey, go to someone who, real lo- who really loves you that you're close to. You know what? Not your siblings, though, because <laughs> siblings are hard. No, no, I'm joking. You might be your siblings. They might give you time. But someone who really loves you that you're thinking, I'm going to ask them honestly, what part of me stinks? And if they love you, they'll tell you. If they only like you, they'll lie to you. Because that makes them feel uncomfortable. Oh, no, don't do that. It just started doing things on its own. You guys saw that I was not touching this, right? 
my magnetic pull. I'm just so magnetic, guys. <laughs> that was a dad joke, kind of. Hey, dad jokes get old. I don't even know where I was because now I'm just like, how many dad jokes can I say in one minute? But I'm not going to do that. I'll leave that for Matt. So we got to recognize that new man, understand who that is, what that looks like, how that acts, um, how, they, how you live, how you, your true identity, how to take that power and authority, and um, who we choose to serve, follow. For me, that's Jesus. For you, that's Jesus. Uh, for everybody on earth, that's Jesus, whether they know it yet or not. That is who we should serve, who we shall follow. That is the only way to heaven, eternity, right there. Because his ways are higher, they're better, they bring life, not death. So I'm going to finish with a, um, a scripture here. And then uh, because it's Father's Day, we got donuts for you guys. See? Come together, come to church, you get blessing right there. Donuts. Let's get back to the words there. That's what I feel like Lord said. Um, Colossians 3, we're going to go down to verse 12. Um, so, as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with a good temper. That's a lot. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you should also forgive. So here's all the things he's saying. Here's what you do. If you don't know what to do, do these things. Forgive. Be gracious. Be kind. Be compassionate. All those things. Um, beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love. I love it. it says wrap yourself it's all around wrap yourselves in unselfish love which is the perfect bond of unity for everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others we need to seek he's saying you know what you want to you want to be like Christ seek the best for your neighbor seek the best for other people not just for you it's going to work out how's it going to work out for you how's it going to work out for the person next to you that's how we know we're in love when we're thinking, you know, think about with your children and that. If you have children or at Christmas, it's like you don't care what gifts you're getting, right? But you just want to, you want to see their face. You want to see how happy they are. You just want to do and, and give and be like, oh, this is awesome. That's what he's saying we should do with love right there. Let the peace of Christ, which is the inner calm of one who walks daily with him. How do you get the peace of Christ? Walk way daily with him. So we've got to put that, that piece of Christ in there. Um, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling when, questions that are, when you have questions arise. And be thankful to God always. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being as to teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. He's right there. He said, you, want, you really want this? Worship. He said, that's how you get it in there. And, and do it with a thankful heart. Um, whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, 
Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and in all dependence on him, give thanks to God the Father through him. It all comes from being thankful. He's saying, you want peace? Walk with me, walk with me daily. You want to have forgiveness? Forgive. Dude, he made it so easy. He made it so easy to keep this new man on, didn't he? He's like, anything you can come up with, any idea, I've already got the answer. I've already done it. I already paid for it. I already have. The, what the enemy already tried to counterfeit, I have the real thing. See, we need to just put on that new man every day. And when we start seeing that old man is smelling, we need to put him back in the ground where he belongs. Underfoot, he has no authority in my life anymore. The only authority that walks with me is the authority of Jesus Christ. Come on, we're going to pray.